everybody. Welcome to our third episode, our second actual story of Eyes on Me. Um, last week we talked about my experience down have a soup eye and having to carry a dead person out of the campsite to a helicopter pad to be flown away. Um, just a crazy experience for me. This week, uh, this is one of my favorite stories and one of my my class's favorite stories. We're going to try something a little different this week, though. Uh, I wasn't super happy with the audio from last week, so we're recording it in my classroom, and we're doing a video uh, episode as well. So the link is in the description to the YouTube channel for the podcast, so go ahead and check that out. Uh, we're just recording it in my classroom. I wasn't super happy with the audio in the room that I was recording it in. So we're just going to try it in my classroom, see what ends up happening. So this story uh, for this week has to do with my college days again. Most of these stories do. This story has to do with college traditions. Now, regardless of what school you go to, whether it's high school or college or whatever, there's going to be certain traditions. And I would, I would argue that almost every school, even high school or definitely every university, has some sort of a true, similar to a true Aggie tradition. Okay, the, becoming a true Aggie involves kissing uh, during a full moon or during homecoming week on top of the big letter A that is on the middle of the quad up on Utah State's campus. And I would bet that most universities have something similar. Uh, but up at Utah State, it's, it's kind of a big deal. You actually get a card that says you have become a true Aggie. There are other traditions such as the ultimate Aggie, which uh, is less official. It involves writing the giant statue of the bull uh, naked. Uh, I always make sure that my students know that I am not a true Aggie, uh, or an, sorry, not an ultimate Aggie because that is disgusting. But what we did do, my friends and I, we decided to make up a tradition uh, and decided to involve unsuspecting freshmen in this tradition because they wouldn't know any better um, of whether or not it was actually a tradition. And we named this tradition the Logan Challenge. So here's how it would play out. We would usually, we would go to parties and the first time this happened, I don't remember whose idea it was, but it was genius. Uh, we just kind of, so I think someone started making it up and we all just kind of rolled with it. Uh, but we went to a party and we met some girls at the party. We were talking with these girls about all these, you know, different traditions at Utah State. I almost think it was one of the first weeks of the year. You know, these students were pretty new to everything up in Logan. We talked to them about being a true Aggie, the ultimate Aggie stuff. And then we say, hey, have you guys ever done the Logan challenge? And they say, no. What is that? And then we say, well, let me tell you. What we would tell them, what the Logan challenge is, is we would tell them that there's this big mansion on Center Street. And this mansion, an old lady lives there. It's the only person who lives there is this old lady, but it's just giant mansion, old house. And she, this lady, we would tell the, the girls, used to run this house as a bed and breakfast. Eventually, she got too old, and so she stopped running it as a bed and breakfast, but she had since then con, gone kind of crazy. She would still think that she had tenants staying the night at her bed and breakfast. And so what she would do is she would leave the basement door unlocked for her tenants to be able to come in and out. 
you know, we would tell these girls that the Logan challenge, the challenge itself is to go into this basement door that this woman is supposedly leaving unlocked, make it up to the top floor of her house. It's a four story house, uh, if you include the basement and back down without being seen. And if you can do that, then you have completed the Logan challenge. And of course, any person's natural reaction to that would be, no way, I'm not doing that, I'm not breaking into someone's house. But peer pressure is a powerful tool, and we would convince these girls, listen, we've done it before, and we'll come with you, it'll be okay, it's it's fun, it's exciting, everything will be all right. And so finally, we. Almost every time we were able to convince these girls that, you know, this was something that they were, that they should do, that it's a fun experience, a fun part of college. So what we would do is we tell the girls, listen, we have to go there late at night so to make sure that the old lady is asleep. And so we'd pick the girls up at midnight-ish and take them over to this house and we would have to sit and and wait uh, next to the house to kind of make sure that the lady had gone to sleep. Now, the detail that I've left out so far is that there, yes, there was a giant mansion on Center Street. Yes, it was an old house. Uh, yes, there was an older lady who lived there. Uh, but this house was actually the house of one of our good friends. This house, I, I believe it was built in 1911, maybe 1907, somewhere in the early 1900s, and it's it's like a landmark in Logan. You can you can take tours through this house. Uh, since our college days, the house has been sold, and uh, my friend's family no longer owns the house. I believe uh, we would whenever we would get girls on board to do the Logan Challenge, we would text our buddy, and we'd say, "Hey, we're doing the Logan Challenge tonight. Why don't you get things ready?" And obviously the first time it took a little bit more planning than that. Uh, in this house, uh, my our friend comes from a very large family. I, I don't remember how many siblings he has. I want to say eight or nine. It was He was on the younger end of his family. And so it's just him and his parents living in this giant house. And I'm pretty sure that there were parts of the house that they didn't even like bother heating because they obviously didn't use the whole house. So we would text our buddy, say, hey, we're doing the Logan Challenge. And then we would head over. And while we were heading over, he would get everything ready. So when we pull up to this house, to our friend's house, uh, the girls think we are getting ready to break into someone's house, when in reality, we're just going into our friend's house. And as you can imagine, these girls are freaking out. They're terrified. Uh, and we're able to convince them, listen, it'll be okay. And we made sure that every time we showed up, there was a light on in the house. So the girls would freak out even more like, no, we can't go in. Someone like she's awake. We can't go in there. And we'd wait. We'd say, no, let's wait. Let's wait for her to go to bed. And so we text our buddy and say, hey, we're here. We're ready. Then he would turn the light off and we'd say, oh, she just went to sleep. Let's wait like 10 minutes. Let her fall asleep. And then we'll we'll go in. Okay. Now when we would go in, obviously the girls are freaking out. They're clenching onto our arms, digging their nails into our arms. And to be honest, that's one of the reasons we did it, right? It was an excuse for the girls to, to hang on to us. We would go in through this basement door, like we mentioned, and the basement door enters into a bedroom. So we would walk through the bedroom and this house, like I said, is so big that if it was your first time in this house, you really probably could get lost to make things even better. It's an older house. It's it makes weird noises and it's kind of creepy kind of the cherry on top the icing on the cake was 
our friend's dad was really into artwork and sculpting, and sometimes that artwork was a little odd, including like, I specifically remember like a naked guy, a sculpture of a naked guy riding a bike. And so these girls are passing these, <laughs> these pieces of artwork in this old house and just wondering like, what in the world have we gotten ourselves into? Like, who the heck lives here? So we obviously are familiar with the house, so we would lead them to a corner of the house where there was a spiral staircase that went up all four floors. And so we'd get to the spiral staircase, we'd start going up to the top floor. When we would get to the very top floor, like I mentioned, they they wouldn't heat every room in the house. And so we get up to the top floor and it gets really cold. And I remember the first time we did it, <laughs> one of the girls made note of that. She said, oh my gosh, it just got really cold up here. And without skipping a beat, one of our buddies, uh, Jake, he said, oh my gosh, you're right, it is so cold. Have you guys ever seen The Sixth Sense? <laughs> and it was everything we had to not bust up laughing, because if you've seen the movie, you know that the little kid, whenever he gets cold, it means that he sees dead people. So anyway, we make it up to the top floor of the building, of uh, the house. We make up some story of maybe someone who got killed there. Yeah, it's something stupid. And on our way back down, uh, we had an agreement that someone would make a loud noise. Someone would hit the wall, something. Someone hits the wall, the girls freak out, we freak out and say, oh my gosh, like that's the old lady, we gotta hurry, we gotta run. So we take off running down the stairs and we're making as much noise as we possibly can so the girls think that we're gonna get caught. So they're freaking out. Now I mentioned earlier that if you, if, if it was your first time in the house, you probably could get lost. And so we led them out a different way than the way we came in. And in the basement of this room, of this house where we entered, there was a kind of a playroom for all the grandkids of my friend's parents. It was really just a giant concrete room with no windows. So if the lights are off, it is completely pitch black. And so what we did is we would lead them into this room. Our friend who lives there is waiting in this room for us. The, the lights are off, so it's pitch black. We lead them in there and we had an agreement that whoever was the last person to enter the room would slam the door shut. The last person slams the door shut. The girls freak out. And as we had been running in, our friend who's waiting in the room for us that we can't see had left like party hats at the front door, like uh, birthday hats, you know, toy hats, a a any type of hat. So we're all grabbing these hats and maybe some costumes and putting them on as we're running in. And the girls can't see because it's pitch black. We get into the room. The door is shut. The girls are just freaking out because they hear the door slam. They think they're going to get caught. They probably think they're going to jail for breaking and entering. Then our friend starts yelling. He says, he says, who the hell's in my house? He probably mentioned, <laughs> he may have mentioned that he had a gun at some point. I don't know. He did whatever he could to scare the girls as much as he could. You know, the girl, no one dares say anything. Finally, our friend turns on the lights to the room. He has it set up to where there's a, a disco ball in the middle of the room, kind of right above where we're standing. And he's sitting in, he's standing in the corner of the room on a pedestal. And all he's wearing are like short, short, cut off jean shorts, a vest with no shirt underneath, sunglasses and a sailor's hat. And I think the first time we did it, he was blasting the song Party Rock Anthem. And he's just like rocking out in the corner. So, and then we, as the lights go on, we all start dancing around the girls as well. We just kind of surround the girls and have this impromptu dance party. Obviously, it, the, the funnest part was when the lights went on, you could see the, the emotions of the girls change from completely horrified and, and terrified to 
initially a little bit of confusion, like they're not sure what's going on, and then like nervous laughter, like they think it's supposed to be funny, but they're not quite sure yet. And then quickly from that nervous laughter to hatred. <laughs> and they would they would just get upset and, and then we'd we'd calm down, we'd have this, you know, kind of dance party and have fun. And we'd always take them out for, for ice cream afterwards. After the first time we did this, we were just amazed. Like we thought it was genius. It was the coolest thing ever. And so it almost turned into a weekly thing where every weekend we'd go to a party and be like, hey, let's find some girls and do the Logan challenge. Every time we tried the tried to up the ante a little bit, maybe some things that are maybe a little inappropriate to share on this podcast, but the, the house, I don't know why this was put in. I think it might have actually been a fraternity at one point, but there's a group shower in the basement. And so we would maybe have someone, you know, lying down, wearing a towel in the shower. <laughs> And then we'd have the girls, you know, walk in on that and freak out and which really mean we probably shouldn't have done it, but it was fun. I, I remember, I think the only time it didn't work, the only time we weren't able to get girls to actually agree to break into a house was we, we took a few of the girls on the volleyball team and one of them was very adamant, like, I'm not doing this. She was a very good volleyball player. I think that year she ended up being an All-American and, you know, her scholarship and everything was really important to her. Not that it wasn't important to the other girls, but we had to pull aside one of her teammates and say, hey, this is the situation. It's not real, but we need you to get your friend, your teammate on board so that we can so that we can do this. Or maybe it was the other way around. Maybe we told the girl who was freaking out what it was so that she could get her roommate, her teammates on board. Anyway, one of my favorite things that we did up in Logan, we ended up having making a lot of friends out of it. Uh, I remember the first year I told this story in my classroom. This was back in 2013-ish. I was a younger teacher, and after I told the story, there was a girl in the back corner of the class. She raises her hand, and she goes, Mr. Rawlings? You're a jerk. <laughs> I think I just took a bow and said thank you. Such a fun time doing the Logan Challenge. I guess if you were to take anything from this, don't let strangers talk you into breaking into houses. Because let's be honest, all the girls who let us talk us into talk them into that. <laughs> <laughs> Not the smartest thing to do. That's how you end up on the news. But like I said, we had a lot of fun and one of my favorite things to do up there. Um, anyway, that's it for this week. That is the story of the Logan Challenge. Next week, we, we have a special episode because it is the anniversary of a very special event in my life. Tune in next week to find out what that special event is. If you like what you hear, please share the podcast, like and subscribe and all that good stuff. Thank you.